Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back. It's hour three of the program. Big show in the morning with Russick and Rose. George a little under the weather. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. Patty Dumas sitting in with me. Alex Brody is in the other room. We are live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basement E. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. We go down to the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline once again. Chat with uh, our friend and yours, the manager and head coach of Cavalry FC, Tommy Wielden Jr. Hello, Tommy. How are you? Good morning, Matty. I'm well, thanks. How are you doing? Oh, we're excellent. Uh, did you enjoy the first few games of the knockout stage over the weekend? I have. I think there's been some terrific games. I, I really enjoyed the uh, Australia against Argentina one because you had the brilliance of Messi and the grit of Australia. Um, I enjoyed yesterday the uh, the England versus Senegal one. I think I was... Uh, Shouting uh, Hawaii down when the goals are going in, so it's, uh, it's been uh, it's been some good games so far, and now got the uh, Japan and Croatia game on in the background. Um, I wanted to just go through some of these matches that we've seen because we've spent a lot of time on Team Canada and the unfortunate way that their tournament ended. But let's talk about those matches that we saw back on Saturday. I did see some people on Twitter, and granted, I got a North American feed on my Twitter, so that's probably a lot of the reasoning. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people thought the Americans would do a little bit better against the Netherlands. Did you expect the same? Um, yeah, only only because I think the U.S. had one of their top, top games when they tied with England, and, and probably in fairness were the better side in terms of chance creation. Um the Dutch are different beasts, and I know they're not like the Dutch team of old, whether it's a slick, tall football, but their coach, Louis van Gaal, has just got them very um, very well drilled. Uh, they can absorb a team's strengths, but it will always find a weakness. And I think what they did against you know, the U.S.'s 4-4-2 was that they used their wing-back system uh, to good effect. I thought Denzel Dumfries for, for the Dutch was very good. You know, two goals, uh, sorry, two assists and a goal. Um, but I think they just were very, very smart. And... Um, you know, they haven't hit top gear yet, but they haven't really needed to be. And I said, I think the U.S. have really like, had, a, had a good tournament, but maybe their youth started to tally against the more experienced that side. Now, uh, Tommy, we've got some historic ties out of that uh, round of 16 we got coming up for the quarterfinal. We've got Netherlands, Argentina, mm-hmm. and, of course, England, France. We all know uh, the history between these four nations when they play each other. Now, what are we looking for uh, in that first quarterfinal with the Dutch and the Argentinians, I think what you've uh, what you're looking at is your top players have to be your top players in these you know so-called 50-50 games. So you know it's going to be an interesting matchup, and where where Messi plays is going to be key because for me Virgil Van Dijk for the Netherlands is is the best defender in the world, and that's just my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. And you got Messi who's still able to produce the magic on the big stage and. He's the one that's able to pull the trigger to to decide the games. But what I like about this Argentinian team is, you know, from old they've always had you know four or five big players, you know, big named players, whether it's your Di Maria's or things like that around Messi. But this this Argentinian team really do seem to play very well. And you can see why they've gone on this, you know, up until they got lost in the group stages against Saudi Arabia. They've uh, they've got this grit. They've got this organization. They're very very tough to beat. You know, it's almost now that they celebrate um, big blocks. You know, against Australia, when uh, that lad almost scored a messy like goal and went through the team. Yeah. When Martinez of Man U blocks the shot, like they're all 
high-fiving. They, they love to absorb teams. So it's a different Argentinian team than I've seen for a while. And I think they're going to cause the Netherlands problem. But like I said, you don't write them off because I think Louis van Gaal is a very, very astute coach. Then we got England and France. They haven't met at a competitive tournament since, I believe, Euro 2012. Now, the two mm. players that uh, starred for those ga- for those two on Sunday were, of course, with France with Kylian Mbappe, his two goals. Uh, just, uh, just how good is this guy? He's entering another level here. He's equaled his goal total from 2018 already with still hope maybe for him, hopefully a few more games to go. Just how good is this guy and onto the world stage? Just, just awesome to see him. Well, he's incredible. I mean, he's equal with Lionel Messi in World Cup action, isn't he? And he's yeah. only 23. It's crazy. Yeah. He's, he's already won the uh, the World Cup in the last cycle. Uh, this is a very good French team. And then, you you know, you look at Giroud, who's gone on to be France's yeah. leading scorer, which is crazy considering how, A, how good Mbappé is, but he's still only young. B, the type of players that they've had before with uh, Thierry Henry's and, you know, even Benzema's uh, around that's, you know, injured. What they've got is they've got balance. And I think in any team to be successful, you need players that complement each other, right? And you've got, um, I like Giroud, he's got Griezmann underneath him, Mbappe one side, and Dembele, who's a tricky winger, the other side. And, and at the base, they've got good midfielders, they've got a solid back line and good goalkeeping. And I think, you know, there's a reason they're world champions. DDA Deschamps, their coach, has won it as a player in 94 and won it as a coach, you know, last last cycle. So, it's, um, they're going to be very, very tough to beat. But that being said, this is an exciting young English team. You know, yes. again, they seem to be playing for each other. They've got goals. They've got creativity. And it's probably the most patient I've seen an English team in a long time. You know, I've always grown up with them being, you know, um, a nation of warriors that are there and got stars that might not necessarily align. But you're seeing, you know, Harry Kane's almost leading the line in a way that, you know, he's, he's creating balance for them, whether it's Phil Foden or Rashford, whether, you know, it's Sterling or Saka along either side of him. And, you know, it was even questioned yesterday in, in a lot of the English media about Jordan Henderson coming in the lineup. And mm-hmm. what does he do? He, he scores and, and he go on to have a 3-0 comfortable win against a very good Senegal team. Yeah, one way you didn't mention there with England was uh, was Jude Bellingham. The game that he had yeah. was yeah. absolutely amazing. I think he ended up only missing three three passes the entire game. It was like 30 or 33 passes he completed. Uh, this guy, we, we talked about Cody Gakbo as a player who's yeah. who's growing as a, as a, as he could possibly get a big transfer uh, target to him coming in, in the, in the January window, maybe not Bellingham this window, but maybe come summertime. This is a, this is the next big hundred million dollar player. Just talk to the people about how, how good Jude Bellingham is to this side for England and they wow. need him to win a world cup. Yeah, he's been absolutely terrific, hasn't he? Especially in this World Cup, because I mean, this is a guy that you know left home at 16, 17. He could have stayed safe and played and grown up in England. Yeah. Oh, there was a number of suitors that would have had him, but you know, chose the road less traveled and went to Borussia Dortmund, who do a great job of identifying young talent. And he's just what what impresses me. The more I see of him, is one, he plays a very good game. I think he's got everything. You know, he's he's tall, he's athletic, he's technical, he's intelligent. He can pass, he can score, he can dribble. It's he's just a perfect central midfielder. And uh, you know, when he's interviewed afterwards, there's a great maturity about the way he speaks. And when mm-hmm. other players around him talk about that way, we're fortunate now. And when, when we look at, and he's not going to be like the Messi's or Ronaldo's, but he is going to be a top midfielder. Um, I think we're in a world now where Mbappe and Haaland are the one are the heirs to that throne. But he is a, a phenomenal player. And you're right with Cody Gakpo of the Netherlands. He's 
he's taking his chances in the World Cup. And when you do that, you, uh, you, you that's how you create your name on the world stage. Four more uh, games to go in the round of 16. We got Japan and Croatia. They're just getting underway right now. Uh, a little later on today, Brazil, uh, they get Neymar back, it looks like, against South Korea. And then tomorrow, uh, we got Portugal, Switzerland, and Morocco, Spain. Uh, talk to us about uh, today's games, what you're looking for, and uh, who you like, and then uh, maybe a little bit on tomorrow's matchups. Well, do you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I've really enjoyed watching the uh, Asian team. Yes. Because it's been interesting that they're so disciplined. You know, it comes from, a, I, th- I think, a cultural background where, mm-hmm. you know, the team above all else, and there's uh, there's no egos, and you can see they know that Croatia, and I'm watching parts of it now, are going to have a large percentage of the, of the ball, but... You know, they didn't have 18% against Spain, Japan, and, and yeah. went on to win. So they know how to just play together, and it's about minimizing their mistakes. Uh, what they have got is a phenomenal press, and it's not all the time, but they trigger it at moments where, you know, if there's a bad ball backwards or, uh, you know, a sideways pass, they will trigger it and all go together, and there's a great reactionary system about them. But you've got players playing in Germany, they've got players mm-hmm. you know, playing at, at Celtic as well, so... They, they they they're good. I, I really love the uh, same thing with the South Koreans, uh, and I think they're going to do very very well in the next game as well. Um, but you know, you, you look at the big ones and the big 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 uh, teams like Brazil have big players. You know, look mm-hmm. at the goal has scored. They've done it really without um, Neymar. But I think there's going to be um, great opportunities uh, going forward. I wanted to ask you about Ronaldo, just because we've seen some reports surface recently that he might be signing with a Saudi Arabian club for a lot of money. Uh, any thoughts on uh, these reports that Ronaldo might be uh, going over to join Al Nasir? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Saudi Arabia, it's funny, I was speaking to a friend who's, uh, who's on one of the pundit teams that we're watching, and I was asking him about the experience in Qatar, and he said, uh, you know, it, it's it's been incredible. He said that the people being friendly, you know, um, he said Morocco, you know, that it's probably been about the third largest fan base that are here at, in Qatar right now. So their noise that they had against the Canadians was probably overwhelming and a large part of why Canada probably struggled to, to play. But, you know, Saudi Arabia also had that high level of support and they're passionate about their football. And it's probably because... You know, we don't know what to expect from them. You know, it's not that we watch, you know, Saudi Arabia Premier League. You know, we we don't see that. So we don't know the qualities they have. The league is obviously very good because they've got players that are competing well in the World Cup. Um, they've got a lot of money. So it depends now, I think, for Ronaldo. Does he go for the money? Um, he's got a lot of money. So I don't know if that's his biggest driver. He's He wants to be a winner. You know, the other rumors are, of you know, going back to Juventus in, in Serie A, which is... You know, I think he wants to have one last run at winning another trophy somewhere else big in Europe um, because at some stage, I think he will probably end up in the MLS. But there's also maybe he he retires at Sporting Lisbon and the club that uh, founded him. Uh, Tommy, we talked about Canada just wanting to get these players out into Europe more, and that's how we're mm-hmm. going to grow this program is playing in the Big Five or at least just playing over in Europe. And we talked Turkey's a really good league. There's There's a lot of just better quality play over there, and we see it. With Ishmael Kone, who his quality of play and his time at CF Montreal has led to him going to Watford in the championship. Yeah. Obviously saw Alistair Johnson get a deal with Celtic to play in Scotland and now Celtic. That's a, a massive club over there. And Watford, who is a competitive, could be back into the Premier League as soon as next year. Just how big is that to see Ishmael Kone find his way uh, to England's second biggest division? It's, it's huge. Um, 
And I, and I think, you, you know, I always talk about the Netherlands being a great example of yeah. that. If you're not in the top five leagues in the world, in Italy, Spain, England, Germany, um, I think what you've got to look at is is you're going to be competing for domestic trophies, but also you want to be moving players forward. One, for yourself, because you can make a profit as a club, and two, you're helping the uh, national programme. And I think that's been a big thing of John Herdman. Uh, I've said that even when he's met with our CPL coaches, even when you know he's met with the MLS coaches, it's can we get our players playing early and younger and moving them forward? And like I said, it's something we've committed to as a club at Cavalry with our young players and you know, selling Arab and Pepple to Luton Town, which is the same division as where Coney's going to. I think Montreal has done an absolute terrific job because they've also proven to be competitive and had one of their best years and highest numbers on, on, on there and you know, shown that they can do it with having a balance of experienced players and young Canadians. And the young Canadians now, um, being at the World Cup, are now becoming, I always call it, you know, it's a, it's a well to fish in that um, the clubs are, around the world are looking at. And I think Kone and Johnson, I think, will, will go on and do very, very well. And we need to now create the next cycle. Tommy, as always, appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of uh, the round of 16. We'll catch up shortly and uh, get your thoughts on how the rest of this progresses over the course of the next couple of days. Pleasure, boys. All oh, right, take it easy. Before you go, how are you feeling about France and Portugal winning this whole thing? Uh, well, hopefully uh, England stop France, but uh, right now I'm uh, looking good for, was it... We're going for dinner, wings. What was the deal? Yeah, a, a night out on the town, something along those the winner lines. Winner doesn't have to pay. Out on the town with a fan 960, boys. That sounds promising. I tell you what, we're going to have people coming after us, won't we? We sure will. <laughs> it's it's going to be wild. Tommy's got France and Portugal. Uh, Alex has two remaining as well: Spain and South Korea. Duma, this guy. All three of his still in Brazil, Netherlands, and Morocco, and then myself and Mr. George Russick. Only one remainder. I've got Argentina, and George has England. Uh, that's the status on our World Cup picks update. Once again, thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it. No worries. Take care. There you go. Uh, Tommy Wilden Jr. joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar yes, guest hotline. Dine in, pick up, or have your game day special delivered. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. 6060 Memorial Drive Northeaster call 403-248-3344. Uh we got a few things to do here. Uh number 1, we have to give away some Metallica tickets. Ooh, we have okay. uh okay. we have uh, I I've I've sifted through all of our recommendations mm-hmm. and chosen seven texts that I really liked and I've written down some keywords on some pieces of paper here and I've thrown them in my toque. Okay. And uh, I'm going to hold it up here. Patty, you got to reach in and pick one out sure. there. Here we go. Here we go. Drum roll, please. Oh, okay. Real drum roll. All right. Winner is, is. We got uh, the new EA game. Oh, the new EA game. This was from Alex, who said, What I missed from the 90s is waiting for the new NHL EA game to come out and seeing what changes were going to come, as it was a complete mystery. I feel like the changes were more significant back then, and learning how to exploit the rules to own friends was the best. Also, one of the keys to playing NHL back in the day, yes. screen peeking wasn't an issue. No. Because you remember, when when did we start playing online with everybody? In like the 20 teens? Yeah. Before then, it was always split screen, and yeah. you always had to tell you, stop looking at my screen when you're playing like Halo mm-hmm. or uh, 007, something like that. I, I 
I always hated this. You know, like the top-down screen with the NHL. Oh yeah, I could never. If I'm going, that's a fair down, point by you, though. I could never play properly if I'm facing down. If home I'm team down. has a significant yeah. advantage because a how you always advantage. play when you're by yourself. Yeah, exactly. I'm either way. You're on the road or you're always facing up. Yeah, but when you're playing two player, it alternates. You and, only get the one. Period and you play going on up. someone's different system, and they would have their controls oh. whacked so that the the shot it would be different. Yeah, Anyways, uh, congratulations to Alex in Calgary. Uh, you're going to Metallica in a couple of years. Two nights. <laughs> August 23rd, Two sets. 25th, 2024. You get to see Pantera, Mammoth, Five Finger Death Punch. Ice Nine Kills. Ice Nine Kills. You got, a, you got the day in Edmonton on Saturday. Yeah, you got to go back to, here you, if you want. Yeah, if you, I would, but yeah. you can also stay up there for yeah. uh, the whole weekend, too. Uh, this is going to be in August of 2024, and we're going to be giving away that exact same prize every single day this week. Yeah. So keep your ears locked on the big show. With Russick and with Rose, uh, we do expect Georgie to be back pretty quick. But here's the deal. It's the holiday season. We have literally heaps of stuff to throw your way. We're turning the page from the Metallica tickets. Alex won them. And we're getting <laughs> our next thing ready already. Before I do that, I want to let you know, Spirit of Giving is coming up. Sports in 960, The Fan, and the McManus Auto Group are asking you to share in the spirit of giving this holiday season. Help support the mustard seed and those experiencing poverty and homelessness in Calgary. We've got lots of items in need. New underwear, socks, winter jackets, boots, gloves, razors, toothbrushes, and deodorant all at the top of the list. You can donate at any McManus Group location or... You can drop it off at our Sportsnet 960 studio. Just look for our Spirit of Giving boxes. Those McManus Group locations, you got South Trail, Chrysler, Kia, Hyundai, and Nissan, Royal Oak Nissan, Eastside Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Marlboro Ford, Varsity, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Mercedes-Benz, Country Hills, and Eastside Kia. They got a lot of spots. You can donate at any of them. Uh, you can find the list of addresses and just more details at Sportsnet. .ca slash 960, but I bring that up because yesterday at the Scotiabank Saddledome, a lot of giving on the go. Yeah. It was the teddy bear toss. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't say his name, but we saw a gentleman score a goal five minutes and one second into okay. the first period. It triggered the teddy bear toss. Mm, a lot of them. 16,000 bears. 20,000 bears. 16,000 people. Yeah. 20,000 bears. 1.22 bear per person. That's a good rate. Yeah. You like that number? Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. We're doing our spirit of giving in partnership, or we're doing our 12 days of, what are we we calling this? With uh, the good friends over at Wild Rose Brewery, the 12 days of Christmas. A lot of paper. A lot of paper in here. A lot of contests. (laughs) So much stuff to give away. It's really, uh, it's an embarrassment of riches right here. But here's the deal. Uh, We got our Wild Rose Brewery, 12 days of Christmas. Every weekday between now and December the 20th, we're going to open a door to our virtual advent calendar. We're going to do this in the last segment before the soccer report. Okay. But I want your text in right now. Who scored the Teddy Bear Toss goal? The 27th annual Teddy Bear Toss goal yesterday. Correct spelling, At the Scotiabank Saddledome. I want correct spelling. First and last name. And our first few texts, we'll write your names down, put it in a toque, and someone will get to open the advent calendar door. It's going to be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll come up before the end of the show. We also have to get to Craig Morgan. He's going to join us to talk a little bit yes. of Coyotes. Because tonight, it's the Flames, and it's the Coyotes. I, I'm going to, I've said this for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't like trying to p- guess who's going to start between the pipes because I think it's a fool's errand. Mm-hmm. But this feels like a damn Vladar game, right? It feels like a damn Vladar game. Like Jacob Marks would probably want to start till Columbus or Toronto, right? It's going to be that back-to-back next week at the end, or this at the end of this week, the Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday, sorry. 
I think that's when you're going to see one of the starts. I think maybe you give Markstrom the, the Goudreau game on the, on the Friday and let Vladar go Saturday in Toronto. That's how I break it out. I What I did like from Jacob Markstrom was after the first goal that Vladar let in, uh, it looked like Vladar was he was rattled a little bit. He was just yeah. like, well, well, freaking out a bit. And Markstrom at the bench, smiling, joking with him, calming him down. Yeah. I think Jacob Markstrom knows his role right now. And Markstrom knows he's got to work on his game. And if, if it also means helping out Dan Vladar in any sort of way he can right now goal number one just getting the two points it doesn't matter how you get it right now just getting the two points and get yourself back into a solid playoff position and here's the thing if i'm jacob markstrom and i want to get back in a game it isn't necessarily against the team that is averaging the lowest amount of shots in the league where mm. i'm expecting to go for maybe five six seven eight stretches multiple times throughout yeah. the game where i don't see any rubber you kind of want to be in a game where there's a little bit of consistency a little mm-hmm. bit of ebb and flow like the the first half of that capitals game that that's the type of game script yeah. that you want, yeah. where your yeah. team scored some goals, so you don't feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. But there was a lot of shots. It was thirteen, thirteen. There was a lot of action in the early lot, first half. Yeah, there was, was no great no first team period. was getting dominated in that first period. The Coyotes, sure. on the other hand, they don't produce a lot of offense. Mm-hmm. They kind of wait for you to make a mistake and and try and take advantage of you that way. They're mm-hmm. a hardworking team, but no one is going to sit here and say, "Wow, look at." This abundance of talent on the Coyotes roster, it's just not the way it's designed. This is a roster designed to acquire a top pick in the 2023 draft, and appropriately so. Yeah, um, They've got 31 points from their rookies this season. You talked about Matias Pacelli, who we'll uh, ask uh, Craig about in just a moment, but he comes into this game third in team scoring. He's got 15 points. He's one of the top rookie scorers in the entire NHL. Um, was neck and neck with Matty Beneers when uh, Logan Gordon was in with us uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and we were doing our NHL quarter mark quiz. So he's been outstanding. They've got 31 points, which is second most in the entire NHL from rookies, only trailing the Buffalo Sabres, who have 38 points from rookies. they got some good guys on that team. Quinn's lighting it up, and Paterka's up there, Mm. and Owen Power, obviously. Um, but that's something that I'll be keeping an eye on here. Probably going to be Dan Vladar. Apart from that, I wouldn't expect any other lineup changes. No, I think uh, Kevin Rooney slotted in well in that fourth line. I think uh, I think Daryl mentioned that just because uh, Lewis can't take faceoffs right now because of some things, so Rooney slots in there. I think he rolled the same pairing, same lines. You do don't mess with it. I think you carried on what you did against Montreal. It came through against Washington, and now. This is the time you get through here against a weaker Arizona side. Get the two points. Get ready for Minnesota on Wednesday. Lewis gets in ahead of Richie just because of how he helps on the own PK as yeah. well. Yeah. He, he and Blake Coleman have formed a pretty good tandem mm-hmm. helping the team uh, kill penalties. Granted, the PK is right around the middle uh, right now, but still, he's a big part of what they're doing there. Uh, the Coyotes' second last game of a 14-game road trip. They are 4-5-3 through 12 games. It's tied for the longest road trip in NHL history, Mm -hmm. tying the Canucks from 2009-2010 when they went on a road trip for 14 games. Like we talked about, like their last home game was November the 3rd. They've been on the road for well over four weeks. It is essentially 30 days as of today, and they still have more games to go. It is a full six games more than any other road trip this season in the entire NHL. The Sharks Canadian, the Sharks have an eight-gamer coming up. The Canadiens and Kraken have seven gamers coming up, but that's it. And granted, we all understand why Mullet Arena needed renovations. They had to mm-hmm. get that place ready. And yep. 
everything with the arena is just like, technically a typically a gong show in yeah. Arizona. Yeah, just to go back, like we talk about how the uh, the Islanders started on the road last year with their well, new building. But if you actually them. if you actually look at their schedule, the way they started, they didn't travel very far. There was a lot of they were playing New Jersey a lot. They were playing Boston a lot. They were playing teams a lot more close to the Islanders, so they didn't have to travel as much. So they were spending nights in hotels, but they, short trips. Short trips compared to Arizona, they've been out east. <laughs> They've been out west. It's, they've, they've been, been all, all over the continent. Oh, essentially. <laughs> this thing was just missing a trip to well, London. There's over 10,000 miles easily at, well, at least almost, almost over 30, I would say be a good number, like 20,000, 30,000 miles they've racked up here. I wonder the, if Craig Morgan knows how many it is. Let's find out. We'll, we'll ask him. I mean, he's not on the, on the trip with them because that's a long time to be for anybody <laughs> on the road. But, um, yeah, Craig saw that was like a hard pass. No, I am not going <laughs> on the road for a month. Thank you very much. <laughs> Where have they been? Washington, Buffalo. Uh, Brooklyn, Newark, um, Manhattan, Vegas, Nashville, and then back east to Carolina, Detroit, and then back west to Minnesota, to LA, Vegas? Vancouver. They actually came back to Vegas. They went from New York to Vegas to Nashville, and then they went to Carolina. Then they did Detroit and Minnesota. And they're coming back at west now. Then they went down to California for one game against the Kings. And then up oh for three games God. in Canada. At least they've only had to come up to Canada once, right? Like, that would have been another wrinkle if they had to go, like, if there was a stop in Montreal or Toronto uh, or Ottawa earlier on. That, that would have been a road trip, but... I think. <laughs> so at what point in this trip do you start thinking, I just want to get home? Like, is it... Probably after the... Is it the fourth game? Yeah. Is it the... F- well, they started 4-0. They started three and oh. Oh, three and oh, sorry. And then they lost four in a row. Oh. And then they won one, and then they lost four in a row. Ah. Mm, not ideal. We'll take a break. Craig Morgan will join us around the corner. We'll ask him all about the Coyotes and what we can expect tonight at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, we'll also pick a winner and give away a Wild Rose 12 Days of Christmas prize. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Final segment. Of the program, big show with Russick and Rose. Sans George Russick today. Uh, hopefully we'll see him tomorrow. We shall see. Patty Dumas sitting in for George today. Alex Brody's in the other room. My name is Matt Rose. Thanks for joining us here on Sportsnet 960, live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. We go right down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk to our next guest and help tee up tonight's game between the Calgary Flames and the Arizona Coyotes. Craig Morgan joins us now as we uh, head down the guest hotline to talk to uh, Craig from Phoenix Sports down in Arizona. He's covered the Coyotes for uh, as long as I can remember. How are you doing today, Craig? <laughs> Thanks for aging me there. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Uh, I um, I don't have a great memory, so honestly, it's it's not that long. But as far as a guy to <laughs> go to for the Coyotes, it's been Craig Morgan for the longest time, and uh, a lot to get to with you. You uh, have you been on this 14 game road trip at all? It's a very long road trip. I I I wouldn't blame you for staying home. No, I've seen parts of it. Yeah, I've been I've been for a few games, but I have not done all of it. I was not going to punish myself like that. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I wonder how the mood is around the team as you've as they've been away for thirty days now. Like this has just got to be wearing on the group at this point, and and the results are kind of starting to show. Yeah, I, I'm. They're definitely weary. I've, I've talked to a lot of people around the team, and they're weary of it. But they're they're closing in here on the end of it with these games at Calgary and Edmonton, that'll be the end of an NHL record tying road trip in terms of length. Um, 
they did get a, a few opportunities, I should say, to come home. Uh, this, this trip was broken up where there were some off days. They actually came home a few times, but it was never more than a couple of days. So mm. it almost felt like they were, when I talked to the player, it almost felt like they were just making another stop on a road trip when they come home and then hit the road again. So they're all looking forward to finishing these last two games and getting in, settle in, not only at home just to take care of errands, but to see their families, yeah. to see their animals, whatever it is. It's been a it's been a long haul for this team. Do you think there's a silver lining in the fact that pretty much the entire road schedule is going to be wrapped up for the Coyotes with, you know, 25, 26 games gone in the season? It's crazy. They 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 will be literally halfway through their road schedule when they come home to to face the Bruins on Friday. It's just crazy to think about. So I I I guess that's that's great for these guys. They really don't have to look forward to another lengthy road trip. Um but you know, I, I wonder, too, you guys know this as well. When a team returns from a, a long road trip, sometimes the residuals remain, right? It, it takes them a while to act. It takes them a while to get their legs again. We saw it with the Islanders last season after that crazy road trip. The team was still beat up and exhausted when they got home, and it took them a while to get going. And they obviously struggled to a season where they did not make the playoffs. Yeah, it has been tough since. I guess uh, before we get into how play has been recently and some of the particulars, just a thought on what you did see out of a mullet, out of mullet Arena and the crowd because uh, that's going to be the situation for a lot of the rest of the schedule with the Yotes. Yeah, it's uh, clearly not an ideal situation to be playing in a college arena that, that holds 5,000, actually only about 4,600 for the NHL when you talk about all the areas they have to block off for, for media, for scouts, uh, for, you know, families, et cetera. There's a, there's a lot less. Um, in terms of atmosphere, I got to say it, it's unique. It's a, it's a lot of fun. You're right on top of the action. And a lot of the, the atmosphere was actually pretty cool. And it took some adjusting because everything felt smaller. I've also heard a lot of visiting players talk about this ice being maybe the best ice in the NHL. It's a yeah. terrific sheet. The boards are fast. The entire surface is fast. So again, Look, it is what it is for the Coyotes. We all know what they're trying to do just down the river a little bit in Tempe, trying to get that permanent arena built. It's not an ideal situation, and it, it, it's going to have some drawbacks, mostly on the revenue side for this franchise for a while. But they're making the most of it with the, you know, with the hope that they actually get that other one built. Now, that building, uh, the latest I believe we knew was that uh, council had voted to send it to a referendum, a public referendum. Uh, what else can you tell us about the new building, perhaps in Tempe? Yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's obviously been in the planning stages for a while. It's part of a much greater complex, an entire entertainment industry with, with shops, movies, restaurants, uh, sports, but there's a lot of community and for that area. They have grand plans for it, but the referendum will be May 16th. That's when Tempe residents will vote on whether this happens or not. The Tempe City Council, of course, voted 7-0 in favor of. Oh, not a great lot. We might have lost Craig there as well. Um, line was not good. We'll call him right back and try and get him on the horn there again. Um, but that's something interesting yeah. to kind of follow in Tempe because we had that here in Calgary, too. Yeah. Public referendum, mm -hmm. right? It went to the It went to the people and the people said, yeah, sure. And then, you know, we all know what happened next, and we probably shouldn't really, well, we don't need to get into it. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, it continues to be an interesting wrinkle. Although, I'm excited to see when the Flames go down to Mullet Arena. Like, I didn't really watch yeah. 
uh, a whole ton of any of the well, four the games Jets, that they played. The, their first game there, the, the sure. one with the Jets won in overtime. It was a rowdy crowd, fun game. It was, yeah, it, it looks like it looks like a you're playing in a junior rink. In a rowdy college. In a rowdy, right? yeah, yeah. It's, it's a type of thing. It's a smaller building. It works for, on TV. Yeah. You don't notice it. It'd be cool to actually go out and see a game. out of the Flames don't get down there till February. Uh, Craig, sorry we lost you there. Connection was just a little shoddy. Uh, you were just telling us about uh, the public referendum and, and how it might uh, go over uh, down in Arizona. Yeah, we'll see. Listen, there's six months between now and the vote. Um, I, I know that a couple of internal polls by a very reputable polling place have have been conducted, and at that time, six, more than 60% of Tempe residents were in favor of it. But as you know, there are some opponents to this deal. Uh, there are six months, so they have plenty of time to launch their their ad campaigns. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it's it's politics in America, so there's a lot of time. We'll, we'll see if they are able to uh, get out their, their own message and, and get approval for this. But in the meantime, yeah, they're, they're going to be stuck at mullet for a while here. Definitely the next two seasons, and, and when you look at the construction timeline, you know, if they do get it approved in May, I could see them, you know, after playing three seasons at Mullet, I could see them moving into the new arena at some point in that fourth season. Chat with Craig Morgan from Phoenix Sports down in Arizona covers the Coyotes. Uh, my name is Matt Rossi, Patty Dumas. Craig, a couple uh, interesting defensemen here for the Arizona Coyotes. First off, well, the big uh, the big elephant in the room is Jacob Chikrin, obviously. Two goals, two assists in the six games since uh, rejoining the lineup. Uh, How is Jacob doing uh, since coming back? And, uh, like, are, and obviously the Coyotes are still trying to move him, right? Yeah. Yeah, he is absolutely. They are looking to move him. He wants to be moved. And to Jacob's credit, he's, he's played well. He's, he's looked really good in spite of, you know, being off for eight months. He said the opportunity to, you know, skate for the, the past month and a half before he rejoined the team really helped him to be in what he thinks is game shape. He's producing offensively, and let's be honest, they're showcasing him. He's on power play one. He's getting a lot of offensive zone starts. He's playing with Shane Gostisbehere as his defense partner, and then he's also on the ice a lot when Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz are out there. So he's getting plenty of opportunities to produce at the offensive end. Uh, the other guy, uh, Shane Gostisbehere, he's having a heck of a year. He's been great since coming to the desert, uh, coming there for nothing. This is a guy you could possibly re-sign as the team uh, continues to grow and progress uh, as they want to uh, you know, start towards the edging of coming out of the rebuild. Or is this a guy that they could possibly move at the deadline and possibly get more picks? I really think it's going to be the latter. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're. Yeah. I mean, Shane, Shane likes it here. He, he's talked openly about how much he likes it here and how much he's enjoyed the opportunity. But look, we all know what general manager Bill Armstrong's goal is here. He's trying to acquire assets, whether that's through draft, prospect, draft picks or actual prospects. If Shane Gossespierre continues to play like he's playing, he's, he's going to be a valuable commodity at the trade deadline. So that's when I would think that the Coyotes would look to move him. I, I think that's going to happen with him. If, if Nick Ritchie can get going again, he might be another piece that gets moved. We'll see. I think Bill is continuing to focus on the future, and that means, you know, with the scouting staff that he's assembled and with his own scouting background, he's going to be looking to acquire draft picks. Another player that I'm uh, kind of interested to watch tonight, uh, you look down the roster, there's going to be some names that a lot of people don't know, and he's currently second in team scoring, and he's tied, uh, I think, Matty, he's up there in rookie scoring as well with 16 points. That's Matthias Michelli. Uh, he's a very he's a distributor of the puck. Only two goals to his fourteen assists. But how is uh, Matthias Michelli uh, fit in here with this Coyotes group? 
Well, I have to be honest. At the beginning of the season when they chose to keep him, I didn't, I didn't think his game was quite polished enough. I thought okay. some areas away from the puck need, needed some work. I thought he was going to be back in Tucson, but to his credit, he's, he's played very well for them. He's been very responsible for them. He, he, Matias is a, he's an interesting player, of course, drafted during the John Chica era, and he had, mm-hmm. he had, had spent a lot of time developing, but he is. He's a terrific player with the puck on his stick. I know they're encouraging him to shoot a little more. He did score more in the AHL. I think he's just deferring to the veterans a lot in the lineup because he's the new guy, but he has some really good skills and he has played very well. He, it's interesting uh, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app that <laughs> I was looking at some draft odds. Matias Michelli was not even, you could not even find him in wow. the trophy voting odds at the start of the season. Now he's hopped into the top 10 because he's really started producing for them. So a nice little prospect, a good story for them that, that he's coming up and producing. And another guy, uh, we know him pretty well around these parts. He was a former first-round pick. Uh, didn't work out well with injuries and other things. But it's Yusuf Alamaki. He was claimed on waivers uh, before the start of the season. He's averaging 17 minutes a night, 6 points in 18 games. How's Yusuf fit in uh, with this Coyotes group? And they're obviously thinking that there's still some uh, untapped potential here, eh? Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, the Coyotes are in a unique situation here, right? They, they can take a flyer on a guy like Yusuf Alamaki. Exactly and give him heavy minutes, let him play, and see what they've got in him. And it's going to be the long game here. He played well early. They just gave him – he was a healthy scratch recently, so they wanted him to take a step back because they saw some bad habits creeping into his mm. game. But they are going to play the long game and evaluate him. Obviously, a high draft pick. If, if they can find a guy like that in that situation where they didn't even give up anything to get him, all the better. That's, that would be uh, obviously a boon to this team, which in particular I think needs more help, more prospects – on the blue line. Is he getting some specialty teams play as well? Yeah, he is. He's seeing time on the second power play unit. They've used him in a number of situations. So like, again, like I said earlier, they're, they're, they're going to give him a look in a lot of situations mm-hmm. to see what they have. And they, they have the luxury of doing that because to be blunt, they're not trying to win. <laughs> yeah. To be blunt. Hey, this is a, uh, a really good draft class to try to not Win. Uh, Craig, thank you for your time today. Really appreciate the uh, deep dive on the Coyotes. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. There you go. Craig Morgan, Coyotes beat writer, the man. When you want to know anything, Mm -hmm. Arizona, whether it is about the Yotes, whether it's about, you know, Clayton Keller, Matias Michelli, Shane Gostaspare, or any of the arena stuff. Mm -hmm. Craig is the guy to go to. Uh, make sure you give him a, a follow on Twitter as well at PHNX Phoenix Sports. Uh, we got a couple of things to get to before we say goodbye. Uh, mentioned it a little bit earlier. We had a trivia question yes, sir. for our listeners as we are running our 12 days of Christmas. Christmas is the time for giving. And us here at the big show, oh, we give. We want to give you a big old gift just for listening to our program. This little sloppy thing we put together from 6 to 9 on your weekdays. It is time for the Wild Rose Brewery 12 Days of Christmas. Every weekday between now and December the 20th, George and Matt are going to open a virtual advent calendar door. Today it's Matt and Patty against George's way. But then we're going to open the advent calendar door. You're going to tune in and have a chance to win what's behind the door. And it's not going to be chocolate, uh, but it could be maybe a six-pack. Could be. Maybe a taproom gift card. Very much so. Maybe a little bit of swag, get you all dripped out in some Wild Rose merch. All of our winners are going to be contacted prior to December the 23rd, but 
It's the 12 Days of Christmas on the Big Show, and it's brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery, your home for quality craft beer in Alberta. Find it in pubs, restaurants, and liquor stores around this great province, or check out their tap room in southwest Calgary seven days a week. We had a trivia question a little bit earlier on. Mm -hmm. Who scored the Teddy Bear Toss goal Sunday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome? The answer was London Hoylett. The 17-year-old native of Winnipeg, Manitoba, he is a first-year member of the Calgary Hitmen, uh, scored his third goal on a beautiful face-off win and then put the puck mm-hmm. just off the bar, bar down, and uh, triggered the barrage of over 20,200 bears at the Scotiabank Saddle. And we had lots of texts that were correct. We've thrown a whole bunch of names back in the toque here. I don't know how many Patty put in here. It's way more than we had for the Metallica tickets, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to ask him to throw his... Greasy mitts in there. Uh, Grab another knee. There you go, bud. There we go. Mix them up. Oh, yeah. Careful. Okay. Who do we got? We have uh, Brian Gallencamp. Brian Gallencamp. That sounds like an EA Sports made up last name. (laughs) Right? Mr. Gallencamp, you're going to win whatever prize. We We don't know what the heck you're winning. Hey, Alex, can we open up this door on the calendar and see what Mr. Gallencamp is one? Oh, oh, very festive. It's a crew neck sweater. Oh, oh hell yeah. I like a crew neck. We love good crew neck. Uh, I'm more of a hoodie guy. Okay. Or used to be a hoodie guy, and I'm transitioning into a, a crew neck guy as I mature with age. Okay, okay, okay. So, shout out to... Uh, Brian. Brian, who's going to get a little merch. I'm actually just... Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm uh, perusing on the website right now. Agree that I am 18. Yeah, for sure. Where is your swag? Because I want some swag. Hmm. Can't find it. I'll find it soon. Oh, here we go. Pick up merch. Oh, the hats are great. The gift cards are great. Just go check out the spot down in the Curry Barracks. It's such a good spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, the maroon crew neck with the new logo. Oh, that's a good color, too. I got to say. That's a good prize I that we just gave away. You'll get your prizes before December 23rd, so you will have it before Christmas. Ah, Maddie's got the Wild I'm Rose rip, T-shirt on. I'm ripping on. my Wild Rose shirt today, actually, as a matter of fact. Nice. You will get this. They maybe, will get them maybe December 23rd. Maybe in need 23rd. of a wash. Before, hmm. Oh, need a wash. So, yeah, you'll get these prizes before December 23rd. Awesome. 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 Uh, and big thanks to Wild Rose Brewery for hopping on with the 12 Days of Giving. And uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll have oh, another yeah. trivia question. We'll open up another door, and we'll give another... Prize away. Uh, our promo folks will reach out to you, Brian. Uh, final thing we got to do before we say goodbye and make way for going deep uh, with Donovan Bennett. How about this? <laughs> the footy <laughs> tournament down in Qatar. We got an update for you. And um, yeah, if you're got- feeling vindictive after one of the Canadian losses, especially the second one, we got good news. Alex Brody, what's the latest? All right. This soccer report is brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. And today's round of 16 action is officially underway. Japan taking on Croatia. This one just hitting halftime right now. And the boys said it. As of right now, Japan currently leading off a beautiful cross. Saw a scramble in front of the net. And it was Dyson Mededa who puts it away. VR would have a look, but found nothing wrong with the goal. So, so far, so good for Japan in this one. Croatia will need a goal in the second half here. Something they have not had other than from their match against Canada. And coming up at noon today, Brazil taking on South Korea. Brazil still dealing with some injuries. 
striker Gabriel Jesus was rude, ruled Jesus. out. Jesus. Is it Jesus? I yeah, thought it was Jesus. It's, it's Jesus. Oh, damn. Brazil. <laughs> oh, damn. I thought it was. I, I was so confident on that one. Ruled out. He's out for the rest of the tournament <laughs> uh, due to injury. He's been sent back to England. He's expected to return in January. But with that being said, Brazil's Neymar expected to return after missing the two previous games due to injury. Once again, this one goes at noon today. And coming up tomorrow, Morocco will be taking on Spain and Switzerland, taking on Cristiano Ronaldo and Portugal. We'll have updates for those for you guys tomorrow. This soccer report was brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty for all the way. Thank you, Alex. That'll pretty much do it for our program today. Up next, going deep with Donovan Bennett. That'll take you up until 10 o'clock. The Jeff Merrick Show is back. Elliot Friedman expected to be on just after uh, 10 o'clock to break down the weekend that was in sports. That'll go till noon. We got a Raptors Mm -hmm. show with the fellas uh, up until 1 o'clock. Then it is the return of the Eric Francis Hour, or the Eric Francis Show for Horse Racing Alberta. Logan Gordon has Sportsnet today at 2. Dimitri has your hockey PDO cast at 3 o'clock. And then the telethon begins. Pat Steinberg will have Flames Talk yeah. at 4. Uh, he'll ju- be joined by Ryan Pike at 5. And then we will have the uh, broadcast for you of the Flames and of the Coyotes. That telethon in support of uh, Batman impersonators who lost their utility belt because the Penguin impersonators at the Institute of the Penguin impersonators stole it. Yeah. So um, there's only five of them and they have to share a belt. Oh, I thought there would be more. It's, it's really not good, a sm- Batman. small They're institution. They only take a few every year because they only mm. have one teacher. Oh, yeah. that's wow. Yeah. You know a lot about this fake institution. Yeah. It's, it's, I've, uh, I found it on the, on Google. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, we should probably end the show. Yeah, let's get out of here. Yeah. All right. See you tomorrow, buddies. Bye-bye.